We are fired up. It is opening day. We can't wait. The games are about to start. Cubs-Marlins, the marquee game to start things off. Chris is wearing his Marlins shirt. Chris, are you the new Marlins man? I am wearing the orange Marlins jersey. I have millions of dollars to spend going to sporting events. So, yes, I guess I am <laughs> the new Marlins man. Congratulations, Marlins Disappointed man. Disappointed in Heath and uh, and Adam today. Oh, uh, oh yeah, I didn't wear no, any Yankee No baseball shirt. attire. No, come on. Come on, fellas. I, I literally came from the set to the podcast. I'm wearing the shirt that I was wearing on the set. I can't wear If they let me wear a Royals jersey on set, I would have worn it. Maybe you should have. Here's what we have today on the show. At the end of the show, you'll hear my interview with Jonah Carey. It's about 13 minutes or so. Uh, you will hear our bold predictions. You will get our MLB picks and predictions. Salvador Perez is out four to six weeks, so we'll talk about some catcher replacement options. We've got more closer news as the Mets have discussed Derek Holland, news out of the Rangers bullpen and the Giants bullpen. Uh, we are going to talk about the For the People League, the 16-team categories league that we drafted last night. Most importantly, players we are scouting. Who is available in leagues now that should be on your radar if you see a good start or a good game or two from them you might want to pick them up we will talk about that and probably just get into like how aggressive we are in free agency of course team scam and team creeth are probably going to differ on that but i do have something special for you today it is opening day and i've got for you your very own walk-up music hello yes Wow. All right. Okay. So I've, you I've written picked out... it for us though. Cause normally we'd pick our own. I think that's how it works. I picked it for you. I don't you. know. Maybe some players are just like, I don't care. I but... picked it for you. You could tell me what you would pick. Heath, I had the toughest time picking for you. But... Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I, I... See, I, I had one come to mind immediately for Heath. Uh, well, I, I, I have no question what mine would be. All right. Well, here's what we got. Here's what we got. All right. So I made out the lineup card leading off the chief of chest hair, the king of Kansas City. The OG of DFS. This is the one I was thinking. Keith Cummings. You like it? Oh, that's outstanding. It's it's one of my favorite songs. It was baseball oriented. Great choice. Um, it would not be my personal choice, but I love it. All right, what would you have gone with? I would have gone with Busta Rhymes' "Wooha." Okay, I don't know that song, but I'm sure that's good. Uh, batting second, we have the Prince of Points Leagues. The Sultan of Syllables, Scott White Jr. That is wonderful. There we go. All right, all right. Yeah. Now we are two I'd hitters. I'd be singing in. it on the way up to the batter's box. Everybody would. Actually, that's a great walk-up song. Everybody loves that. All right, batting third, the boss man. The man who makes it hip to, like, whip. And FIP, Chris okay. Towers. I like, it. I like the song. It's Eve. I'm glad you figured out who it was. Yeah, no, you know what? When you yeah. said Blow Your Mind, I was like, oh, I know that song. It's a good song. It's it's not a bad song, actually. It's pretty good. And then I couldn't really think of a good one for me, so I just went with uh, the uh, song that I would make my walk-up song, and it's this. You got the touch. <laughs> you got the power. <laughs> yeah. Is that, a, is that Huey Lewis? No, I don't know who this is. This is from I don't the, know that song. the original I, I, yeah. Transformers cartoon movie from the 80s. 
with oh. Orson Welles as the voice of the bad guy. Yes. Um, and it's also apparently from Boogie Nights. I think Mark Wahlberg sings it. But now we have walk-up music. So I love, I love it. Great. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. Okay. Big news. Salvador Perez out four to six weeks with a torn MCL, partially torn MCL. Who are some catchers? I'm going to get the uh, most owned list here. Uh, by the way, that's a cool tool that we have in our leagues. Uh, you go to the most, you go to the players and then roster trends. You can go to most added, you can go to most viewed, most owned. But if you go to most owned and you sort by free agents, you can kind of get a look of who's out there that you probably should own that you don't. So, um, alright, let's go with guys who are eight, less than 80% owned. Wellington Castillo, he's probably the runaway winner. Travis Darno, Chris Ionetta, Chirinos Alfaro, Hedges, Vasquez, Russell Martin, Matt Weeters. What do you guys think? James McCann, Alex Avilo. Who do you like? Alfaro is my favorite choice there. He, there are concerns about the, uh, the plate discipline, but this is a top prospect. He didn't really hit in the high minors, but you know what? Neither did Gary Sanchez. All right. He broke out. He hit the ball really well in September. There's a lot of power there. I think he can be the kind of like 260 hitting catcher with plus power who ends up being a stalwart in your lineup. I went with more of an approach of it's week one, I have to start a catcher this week. Who do I want? And I think my choice would be Manny Pina. And he gets to start the year with the Padres pitchers, which is going to be a boon for anyone's fantasy value. And then he gets to go home and play a pair of series at Miller Park with Steven Vogt also on the DL. I expect him to play a lot early in the year. And hopefully... He plays a lot until Salvador Perez comes back. I agree with Chris. Alfaro has a lot more upside. I agree with you, Adam, that Wellington Castillo is by far the best choice for like the rest of the year. Yeah. But you really just need somebody for four to six weeks. Castillo barely makes that 80% cut, too. Right. So um, a lot of people aren't going to have him as an option. I, Robinson Chirinos is only 41% owned and is the Rangers' primary catcher this year. 17 homers and 263 at-bats last year with a high OBP. Um, he's always been kind of interesting, and you know I don't really think he can sustain that pace over a full season. But I, I think he could, I think he could be a solid fantasy option now that he's going to have the at bats. Uh, I also think James McCann and Manny Pena, who well you just mentioned Manny Pena, yep. they're both like twenty percent owned and under, and I think they're both pretty interesting. Okay, so there are some names for you if you want to replace Salvador Perez. Tough break, shallow position, sucks when your catcher. Gets hurt if you invested somewhat early. Hasn't in the he ever seen Bull Durham? Isn't that a thing? The veterans don't carry their own luggage. You get a rookie to do it. Scott, how many syllables is Manny Pena? Wait, you know, I, I came up with a word today. <laughs> Four total. That was tough. Two for it's Manny the and same two for sound Pena. As junior. It's not about <laughs> sound. It's a, a single letter can't make two syllables. That's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, the, the Sultan of Syllables. Quick closer news. The Mets have discussed Greg Holland, according to the Bergen record. Uh, that, yeah. They've discussed him internally. They've never actually made an offer to him, so. Everybody's discussed Greg yeah, Holland. Yeah, let's be honest. That's the way I read it. Like, <laughs> should we sign Greg Holland? Oh, that's kind of interesting. Should we talk to his agent? Uh, I don't have signal right now. Or maybe they called him and found out he wanted Wade Davis's deal. And we're like, oh, never mind. You're not desperate enough yet. If I, and I know this is a little bit too video gamey or semi, but if I was a manager of a team like the Royals or another bad team that had a closer that was at least a closer, the, I would like immediately shop him 
to try to get any type of decent prospect, sign Greg Holland to whatever deal he wants, pay him for half a season, and trade him for prospects. (laughs) Evan Grant of the Dallas Morning News thinks Keone Kella will become the Texas closer. I think that we were, you know, more or less. I do too. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And then in San Francisco, Sam Dyson, Tony Watson, Hunter Strickland, all being mentioned as possibilities for saves if Mark Melanson has to start the year on the DL. I think that you look at what's going on with Melanson. He struggled last year. He was hurt. He's still hurt. I mean, I can't just think, oh, if he goes on the DL, he'll be back in 10 days. There's an opportunity here for someone to to have the role. It, it could be 10 days. It's not a guarantee. But it's a, sc- it's a scary situation if you're a Melanson owner. So yeah. what do you do with the uh, scout? You were, we were talking earlier. Um, Hunter Strickland or, or Watson was the one who's developed a new pitch? Hunter Strickland. Um, and I'm... I think I have this right, going off memory of something I caught a glimpse of. Uh, but I'm pretty sure I read he worked with John Smoltz on a slider this offseason that has drawn rave reviews in camp. Smoltz, of course, when he was pitching, he was regarded as having one of the best sliders in the game. So that's a good guy to work with on that. And Hunter Strickland was already a pretty good reliever. Could use a little more bat-missing ability. And if this grants him that, then... Maybe he does profile as a closer caliber reliever. So who would you guys pick up if you were going to pick up one of Dyson, Watson, and Strickland? I mean, I think it'd have to be Dyson right now. I don't have a lot of faith in him pitching well. So, um, you know, it wouldn't be a heavy investment for me. But I I would guess just because he was the guy at the end of last year, he's probably going to get the first chance. All right. Well, who's ready to challenge me in a draft? We're getting it started. Follow me on the draft app. My username is Big Kane Two, and let's do a draft on the draft app today. So if you follow me, Big Kane Two, I will create a draft, and you will see it in your lobby, and then you can join it. I'm going to start it at 2 p.m. Eastern. We'll do a two-dollar entry, and we'll start small. We'll do a five-person draft. See if it fills. I'm sure it will. Uh, and we'll just, we'll go on from there. You can do it up to 10 people on draft. You don't know what I'm talking about. You're missing out. This is daily fantasy baseball. Play every single day. Download the draft app or go to draft.com and use our promo code when you sign up. First of all, you're going to be telling the good people at draft, Hey, I listened to the fantasy baseball today podcast. And also you're going to get entry into a free, a, a pay contest for free. The promo code is FB today. I love draft. I'm going to be playing all the time during the season. You get to do snake drafts every day. The contest started just $1. I know you're really going to enjoy it. So search draft in your app store or play from your computer on draft.com. Get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit and use the code FB today. Again, that is FB today, a real money game for free with the promo code FB today. Search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and enter that promo code FB today. Speaking of drafts, last night was interesting. Well, it was the best draft I've ever had. Did you say? <laughs> <laughs> well, Keith, yeah, I mean, Scott and Keith I— Keith is a confident guy. Scott and I agreed. I like I like Team Scam more than Scott does, but we agreed that we like Team Kreeth more than we like Team Scam. You guys did a great job. You have an excellent team. Thank you, and I want to be clear. I wasn't saying that I, it was the best draft I've ever had in terms of I drafted the best team I've ever drafted. I'm saying I've never enjoyed a fantasy baseball draft more than that in that one last night. <laughs> well, I was pretty pissed at you last night. I think you made a a big. <laughs> I think you made a commissioner blunder. I think you did the wrong thing. Well, I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> it did not work out in your favor, but I just followed the precedent set by Mister Fantasy Baseball Scott White. Here's what happened. 
Scott and I were on the clock. We had 70 seconds to pick, which is which is sort of brief, but totally fair. Plenty of time for a pair of experts, I would think. We are now. It's tough when you're trying to get on the same page as someone, you know. We, so we used a lot of the clock. We were going to take Zach Godley, and I had Zach Godley and Miguel Sano in the queue. It was like 75th overall or something. And then we saw Ozzy Albies, probably with like 20 seconds left on our clock. And we agreed, let's take Ozzy Albies. So I put Albies in the queue. Now when I put, we're obviously on different computers. When I put Albies in the queue, it also shows up in Scott's queue. And then I moved, at the time, Sano was number one in the queue. I moved Albies up to number one in the queue. Just in case we ran out of time and we had an auto pick, it would default to Albies. But as I was moving Albies up to number one, Scott clicked on Albies, who was number three in his queue. Quickly that changed to Miguel Sano, so he accidentally clicked Miguel Sano. So we immediately said, whoa, 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 we clicked the wrong guy. We meant to take someone else. We didn't say who it was. We clicked the wrong guy. We did not want Sano. As we were saying that, the next freaking guy took Ozzy Albies. So... Heath let us back up the pick and take someone else, but he wouldn't let us take Ozzy Albies, who was picked after our pick. And that bothered me. We should have had Albies. I'm sure it bothered you. I thought the best uh, comment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was the best comment right there. That's very (laughs) good. But I thought the best comment uh, in the draft room was, it's kind of like the NFL draft where if you – your clock runs out on you. The next team gets to pick, and then you still get to pick, but you can't take the guy they took. And like, that's kind of what happened. Fine. Except that's not bidding, what happened. Bidding move for team scam. What? How, how does the how does the pick get delivered to the commissioner in the NFL draft? Because that was that was what went wrong. Via fact, the delivery, the delivery system. Went yeah. uh, awry. Look, the, the uh, we, uh, we made a rule after that that only Adam would click draft. The we Charlotte didn't totally Hornets, stick to that rule, but <laughs> no, the Charlotte didn't. Hornets in like 2012 drafted a guy who turned out to be like 37 years old. Mm-hmm. They didn't get Takesy's backsies on the pick. Takesies All right, backsies. you mess up. I, I mean, you gotta live with the guy you took. By you're lucky that we gave you Zach Godley <laughs> instead of Miguel Sano. I yeah. was gonna be. Fine I mean, I I thought we were gonna be like one, once I saw. Obviously, we were like, no, no, we need to back this out. And and then once I saw Ozzy Albies go, I thought, oh, they're probably not gonna let us take Albies, even if they do back it out, uh, uh, because that you know. Uh, more important because you fairness. Th- that's when you don't you fairness? don't know you don't know if once that happens you don't know if the person's just like oh well if I'm not gonna have a chance at Ozzy Albies with my next pick. I better take him now. You don't know if that's legitimately who they wanted to take. So that's why it's it's tough to allow that. But as a commissioner, my general policy on this is like I, I want I want to compete against people who actually took the players they meant to take. I want to compete against them at their best. Like it it doesn't seem like I don't I don't want to get away with something. Oh, you had a technological failure. Oh, you But this was not that. Well, yeah, it was. It kind that. of was. Um I hey, I, hey, I don't like wrap it up, Scott. I'm sorry. Okay. Just uh, I, I look. I'm obviously on your side, but that's okay. That's okay. We're still we're gonna do fine. And and Heath and Chris uh, threw us a curveball, and they went zero RP. So last year, team team Creeth was all about uh, RPs and not a lot of SPs, and this year was uh, was different. Well, we we had a and I had a feeling this would happen. 
um, RPs went pretty quickly in this draft. Uh, oh, we were very much planning on uh, going zero R- RP, but Heath snips. Exactly. That's exactly. Oh, oh really? We had pretty pretty much decided we were going to take hitters with our first six picks because at like two thirty yesterday afternoon, we decided to take Joey Gallo in the fifth round and Ian Happ in the sixth. And the pl- the plan worked out perfectly. It worked out perfectly. And then we got to round seven, and it just. Lance McCullers was there, and we thought, you know, McCullers could fit with either strategy. Let's take McCullers and see what relief pitchers may get back, and none of them did. Okay. So, you know, different different ways to uh, skin a cat. I hate that. Impression. You shouldn't skin any cat. Right, yeah. I know. Yeah, different yeah ways some to do cats it. need to be skinned. <laughs> Scott and I went kind of starting pitcher heavy. We had, No, they don't. We had uh, Kluber, Keiko, and Godley in, like, our first five picks or four or five. I think five picks. No, I think four picks. So you didn't get any aces? No. No, that's not true. Wait. No, we got six, six picks. Yeah, we got uh, Kluber. Kluber's on ace. All right, Kluber, uh, Keiko, and... Uh, you're using Adam's old, <laughs> outdated words against him, I see. Yeah, and Alex Wood, and uh, we we went starting pitcher heavy, and we only have one closer. So I think uh, you can punt a category in a 5-by-5 in a five five categories league and still be okay. It's different in Roto, but a head-to-head categories, you can punt categories, and, and we are planning to do that. Players, we are scouting. All right, so who are you going to be looking at early in the season? If they do well, I'm picking them up. It's going to be very similar to any sleepers list, but I'll put um, Brandon McCarthy out there. Um, Jake Junis, for me, is a big one. If he continues the uh, uptick in strikeouts he showed this spring training, having added a pitch this offseason, uh, then he's up there for me. I, I think um, the the two younger guys in the Braves staff who both had great springs, Sean Newcomb and Mike Fultonevich, uh, the former did show good strikeout potential this spring. The latter's always had kind of issues with that, even though he throws hard. But um, they're both ones who, if they have a good first start, then, yeah, I'm rushing to add them in every league. Like, I don't know that I have specific guys that I'm watching. Like, it's kind of – I'm just going to kind of let the performance – dictates uh, who I'm interested in because that's like if somebody goes out, let's say it's Jake Junis or let's say it's uh, Brent Suter or whoever, if they go out and have a stinker their first time out, obviously nobody's going to then pick them up. Like it's the guys I'm most interested in picking up this first time through uh, the rotation or this first week of the season, if you're just talking about hitters, are the ones who – I feel like I'm at risk of losing to somebody else and offer some possibility of a breakout. So uh, it's just going to be kind of a wait-and-see thing. Do you me. have any names? Because I, I have, I, look, I put a bunch of names in the notes, so I can just read them if that helps. I mean, two outfielders who were great last year before suffering oblique injuries and were not as good coming back. Aaron Hicks is 75% owned. He's batting fifth today for the Yankees. Mitch Hanniger is 54% owned. And he, uh, he had a 1054 OPS before the oblique injury. So I'll be keeping an eye on them. Hanley Ramirez is 64% owned, especially in our points league where I have Justin Smoke as my first baseman. I'm keeping an eye on Hanley Ramirez batting in the middle of the Red Sox order. Um, Matt Kemp, I think is very interesting at 56% sure. owned. I did mm-hmm. put Jorge Alfaro on here. We already talked about him. He's 40% owned. I think Delano DeShields is a must-own in any categories league, but even in a points league. If he leads off, yeah. gets on base, and steals, he's 68% like, owned. If he great. steals two bases opening day, like even in a points league, you're like, absolutely. Eh, maybe and, I need to pick this guy up. I've got one we've talked about that I had not realized that he was going to be in the opening day lineup yet. 
Um, Jose Martinez is hitting fifth and playing first for the Cardinals today. Awesome. Matt, is Matt Carpenter not Matt playing? Carpenter's at third. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, hey, hey. That's very good to see. Hitting third. Just, they're going, are they facing a – who are they facing? Thor. Okay. So, yeah, uh, Tommy Pham hitting second ahead of Carpenter. I mean, there are so many pitchers that I'm going to, you know, be sort of scouting that are owned. Like, I really am looking forward to watching uh, Patrick Corbin tonight. And who's he facing? If it, John Gray, um, right? Yeah. John Gray, Patrick Corbin. Uh, so that's one I'm circling. But let me read you a bunch of pitchers. How about, well, how about that yeah. whole game? Yeah, we're right. Gonna have to, we're going to be paying, <laughs> paying very close attention to Chase Field for the first couple of weeks. The Absolutely. Phillies, how much Scott Kingery plays in week one? He's 74% owned, but it's still, you know, less than 80. If Aaron Altair, and based on their springs, Aaron Altair should get all the playing time at right and Nick Williams none, but, uh, you know, obviously there's some doubt how that's going to play out. Like the, the, is, the list is honestly endless. Yeah. I could, I could keep offering up names, but, you know, Mitch Hanniger's only like 50% owned, and you know, Jorge Soler. Mike sure. Reiner. So then Absolutely. let me, let me give you guys some names. Uh, I'll separate them into sort of ownership groups. Five guys who are between 70 and 79% owned. Sean Mania, Michael Waka, Jake Faria, Steven Matz, Felix Hernandez. Mania, Waka, Faria, Matz, Hernandez. How many of them would you not be rushing to pick up if they do something well? Well, first of all, I want to say, Faria is the one of these things. It's not like the others in there, and you should probably pick him up now. Yes, good point. Faria, 73% owned. I think Manai is right there with him. They're both very talented young pitchers. Faria was better last year, but the peripherals don't quite back it up. Um, I mean, my initial run of the rankings, I had Faria in my top 40 starting pitchers. Now, I kind of sobered up th- after that, but like he was really good when he pitched last year. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so getting back to uh, – was what were the list of names again? Manaya, Waka, I'll take Faria out, Mats, and Felix Hernandez. I mean, Felix, I'm not that interested in watching him pitch, even though I do own him in probably 70% of my leagues. Just I'm not expecting Felix Hernandez to all of a sudden add three miles an hour to his fastball and turn into King Felix again. But I even if he gets off to a somewhat rough start, I still think there's potential to get back to a mid-3s ERA. Yeah, I, like, I think the difference... Felix is probably the one I'd be least inclined to pick up if he had a good first start because I think, you know, obviously on the downside of his career, the upside for him is like mid-range fantasy option. When those younger guys with more electric stuff, they, you know, they have breakout potential. They could potentially uh, crack the top 20, 25. So I would be more interested in them than him. All right, Heath, let's take a look at the next group here, about, you know, 50% owned or so. We've got Mike Fultonevich. I don't know that he deserves to be the most owned here. Uh, Fultonevich, Flaherty, Sean Newcomb, Miles Michaelis, Vince Velasquez. Uh, I'll say him again. Fultonevich, Flaherty, Michaelis, Sean Newcomb, Vince Velasquez. Yeah, the, the two there that stand out to me are Newcomb and Velasquez. And I, I really think Newcomb could just be an absolute stud this year. He's got to have a little better control than he did. He needs to have a lot better control than he did. But just just a small improvement in walks could make a huge difference. And I still believe in Vince Velasquez. Yeah, Velasquez, the issue he didn't get to sort out last year was just like all of his pitches are pretty good. 
and he needs like one of them to step up and become like a real out pitch, and that's what he doesn't have yet. And last year was just a totally lost season. He was never really right. Um, but I'm I'm very interested in watching him pitch. All right, then in less than 30% of leagues, Hyunjin Ryu. This is not a complete list, by the way. Hyunjin Ryu, Ronaldo Lopez, Jake Junis, Herman Marquez. Uh, they're about 25% owned. Ryu, Lopez, Junis, Marquez. We actually do get some questions about Marquez. Uh, do you do you think he's got some really good stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But he pitches for Colorado. <laughs> right. And he's not John Gray. Yeah. Now, if you're in a daily league, I mean, I guess you could just start him on the road maybe. But he's interesting. All these guys are interesting. Ryu, Lopez, Junis, Marquez. Junis is your favorite, Scott? Junis is my favorite, yeah. Uh, but I have, um, I, I feel like I am higher on Marquez than the consensus. Obviously, there's a lot of downside there. But I feel like he's the Rockies' second most talented pitcher. And... Um, there was Ryu and who else? Ronaldo Lopez. Ronaldo Lopez. Yeah, he didn't he didn't show a lot of strikeout potential in the majors, but there's still that potential in there. And if he goes and strikes out eight and six innings in his first start, suddenly he's going to be a popular pickup. Okay, and then finally, like deep leagues, Brent Suter, Amir Garrett. Now Amir Garrett is looking like he's going to start because of the rainout. Uh, they they already rained out today, and yeah. I guess I didn't realize that when they were put him in the bullpen. That's only because they don't need a fifth starter. Is Amir Garrett the fifth starter for the Reds? That, that's what I'm interpreting from all I've seen. All I'm seeing. I think the Brewers are doing the same thing with Woodruff, right? Like he's available out of the bullpen early in the year, but he's going to be the fifth starter. Probably. I mean, it's common practice when there's right. all these off days early in the year. Right. All right. So uh, you've got uh, where was I? Brent Suter, Amir Garrett, Matt. I don't know why I just have this thing for Matt Boyd. I shouldn't. And Dylan Peters. <laughs> Dylan Peters was on one of my lineups. I, I went and I saw a league from last year that I finished third, and I was using Peters in the playoffs. Um, I'm certainly rooting for Dylan Peters. He's five foot nine and is trying to be a starting pitcher, and I'll, I'll always root for that guy. <laughs> but um, he, Marlins seemed, Jersey he seems like the kind of guy who will uh, not be able to keep doing what he did in the minors once he faces actual major league pit, uh, hitting. So. Yeah. Which is what happened last year. <laughs> but he yeah. did have amazing minor league numbers, Dylan Peters. But I guess Brent Suter, Amir Garrett are the ones to look at in those deep leagues. Uh, all right then. News and notes. Is Zach Godley going to make two starts if you play in an 11 game week? I, I don't know that he will. I've gotten that question multiple times. I looked at it once and I can't figure it out. I think he is starting on Tuesday. And if that's the case, he's not going to make two starts from what I can tell. Does he slot as their fifth starter? Presumably. Uh, yeah. Well, Taiwan Walker, you think, would if, be their yeah, fifth, right? Well, I don't, yeah, I mean, I obviously don't think he's their fifth yeah, best Yeah, I think it's, I, I would imagine just because of service time and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a hierarchy. Alright, well, see, here's the, if you're in a league that's playing, uh, we, 11 games in week one, you know, I have Zach Godley, for example. I, I guess it's not a huge deal to just lose one start. Like for me, it's between Zach Godley and a two-start Matt Harvey or a two-start mm. Hyunjin Ryu, and I think I just got to go with Godley for one. Yeah, cert- certainly if it's categories league. I mean, right. Harvey could be a disaster. I, obviously, I, he, he was on my sleepers list, and I see the upside in him too. But I'm not, 
I'm not starting him that's, really anywhere this first he's week. He's not that widely available, but that's absolutely someone you want to watch pitch. I don't think the Diamondbacks have announced who's starting Monday and who's starting Tuesday. Okay. All right, it's possible he gets two. We'd like to see him start on Monday, but uh, we'll see about Zach Otley. Nate Evaldi is out indefinitely after elbow surgery. And it's weird because they were trying to go to a, for a four-man rotation in Tampa Bay. Everybody made the same joke yesterday. Hmm. Uh, Three-man rotation. Oh. <laughs> well, what are they going to do? Uh, well, they're lose. They're going to lay down and die, Adam. I, mean, <laughs> I don't lose. know what you like. Matt, Matt Andrees moved um, back into the rotation, maybe. Yeah, there's also um, a young guy who who's kind of like Jake Faria in that he didn't have like this sparkling prospect pedigree, but he just put up good numbers in the minors. Uh, Yarborough. I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to find his first y- name. Like Yanni? Uh, that's a different one. Okay. Have him too. All right. Let me just open up their roster so we can stop being, uh, okay. Yeah. We can stop just taking stabs in the darks at names we barely know. And, and some teams still, like, they've got 45 minutes left. Some teams still have not fully announced all of their 25 man roster. See, the thing about the way that what the Rays were going to do here is they were going to five men, four guys would take a regular turn, right? But they would still need to work in fifth guys occasionally because they wouldn't want them. They wouldn't want their pitchers pitching too often still. Uh, so they have a bullpen full of kind of swingman types, ones who could start if they needed to, ones who could go four innings of relief if they needed to. Ryan Yarbrough is one of them also who Chris mentioned Yanni Chirinos um they're both candidates to start and they're both kind of interesting and uh you know I'm not rushing out to pick up any especially when somebody like Amir Garrett is 10 percent owned but um Yarbrough just for for an example 343 ERA uh 9.1 strikeouts per nine 116 whip at AAA Durham last year like just judging from those numbers it's it's somebody to watch Okay, and Washington-Cincinnati rained out, postponed until Friday. Marlins man is leaving the Marlins. Oakland sent center fielder Dustin Fowler to AAA. Boog Powell is Oakland's center fielder. Any interest in Boog Powell? No. Good name. Good name, yes. Great baseball name. I am counting down the days till Dustin Fowler gets back. And for those of you who love the Yankees... We await John Sterling's ridiculous home run call for Giancarlo Stanton. And if you want to guess what it will be, please go to cbsports.com slash MLB and read Pete Blackburn's very funny article about potential home run calls for Giancarlo Stanton. As we look at batting orders, some of them are out now. Lewis Brinson is leading off. Cameron Mabin is not in the lineup today. No. Garrett Cooper is bad. I would guess that. Trying hard to look like Garrett Cooper. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Cooper's just going to face lefties, I guess. That's not good for Cameron Maven. Is Cooper? I, Cooper's a right-handed. Um, yeah, I yeah. probably shouldn't. I should probably shouldn't Cooper, be asking. Cooper's a righty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. No, I mean Cooper's an interesting bat. Uh, who I wasn't sure they'd be willing to trust in the outfield on an everyday basis, a basis since he's a natural first baseman. Lewis Brinson's going to have to cover a lot of ground, flanked by Derek Dietrich and uh, yeah. and Garrett. Couple infielders. Uh, starting six infield. But Ian Happ is leading off for the Cubs. That is awesome. Wilson Contreras is cleaning up. Kyle Schwarber batting fifth. 
I'm not going to go through every lineup, but, but Byron how, Buxton batting eighth. That, Byron Buxton batting eighth is a big one. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's just a, a safeguard against a potential another slow start. They do have actually a pretty good lineup. Yeah. The one thing that, that's kind of like a, well, that's a bad sign for By- Byron Buxton. He's not going to get as many plate appearances. On the other hand, he stole 29 bases in 511 plate appearances last year. So, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't get stuck on this lineup stuff. Yeah. Lineup order. Managers change that all the time. Like if Byron Buxton proves he's one of the Twins' best hitters this year, he's not going to bat eighth. And, okay, so this guy I got to talk about. I'm going to be giving him away to anybody who wants him in the For the People League. I think he's valuable in deep leagues. Scott has absolutely no interest in him. I tried very hard to get Scott to draft this guy, especially since shortstop is our absolutely weakest position. As Drupal Cabrera is cleaning up for the Mets, he is second base shortstop and third base eligible. In a deep league, he's useful. Uh, and he could certainly hit more than 20 home runs. He's pretty good. Yeah, Scott hates him, so. No, no. I didn't, I didn't think he was. Like, again, he's like a, like, I like him in a deeper league than the one we're in, the 16 team. He's kind of what we're hoping that Scott Kingery will be, right? He's not the new hotness Scott Kingery or anything, but. You guys hate Scott. This is a guy that over the last two seasons. So weird. Has hit 280 each of the last two years. He hit 23 homers two years ago. Like, he's pretty good. He doesn't steal bases anymore, but like yeah, he's fine. It's just he's but the second good. base, third base, and shortstop eligibility is a big deal for his Drupal Cabrera in deeper leagues. Uh, all right, I think uh, what else? Oh, Aaron Hicks batting fifth. Mention that, and and he he could be what we're hoping Domingo Santana would have been. Uh, just there are playing time concerns about Aaron Hicks, but they actually seem less severe than the concerns for Domingo Santana, right? I think I think he's. Less severe than the concerns for Brett Gardner, in my opinion. I, I think Hicks is their center fielder. And I don't buy the Aaron Hicks breakout from last year because it was basically the first half of the season he looked like a new player, and then he came back from the injury and he looked like Aaron Hicks again. And I know it was an oblique injury and maybe he just never got right. But given that we're like 2,000 plate appearances into Aaron Hicks' career, it's not. I'm not 100% bought in. I know the batted ball data is very good and he's a popular sleeper around the industry oh i don't know that the bottom belt bad ball data is good he had like uh his hard hit rate was really good his line it? drive rate was outrageously low yeah um well uh, you but that stuff that stuff fluctuates a lot we're talking sure. about less than a half season and we're really yeah. talking only about one half of one half of one season um but he's also free uh ryan healy was able to get into the opening day lineup for the mariners as is ichiro uh, is, is Cruz in? Yes. Okay. I, cause I wondered with his quad if that would get Vogelbach in at DH early, but. No, no Vogelbach. Oh, stop trying to make Vogelbach happen. Last Scott. thing here. Long Star- season. Starling Marte is batting sixth. Yeah. Adam Frazier's leading off. Starling Marte yeah. is batting sixth. That's so dumb. Don't, don't add <laughs> that. That's important. No, no, no. I, I'm not adding the news. I'm adding the Pirates. The Pittsburgh Pirates decision making. Oh, okay. All right. Low OBP guy. He yeah. has a lot of bases. Should bat in the lower third of the order. You're a low OBP guy. Actually, if he hits 300, it's not going to be a low OBP. It's going to be kind of an average OBP. But Yeah, the problem is that you get into the eighth inning and or ninth inning, and we're turning the lineup over one last time. We need one. We need to get a rally started. We got Jordy Mercer, Adam Frazier, Josh Harrison. Too bad our best hitters aren't up. I actually yeah. think Adam <laughs> Frazier's kind of interesting. 
Uh, well, look, they're fa- uh, they're facing a righty. I don't. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? They're facing Jordan Zimmerman. They are You're facing not moving Sterling Marte down <laughs> the lineup because of Jordan Zimmerman. That's true. Okay, so uh, I got a question for our listeners: Are you hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. You need something better than just posting your job online and sitting there and hoping for the right people to see it. And that's why there's ZipRecruiter. This is the smartest way to hire, the best way to find qualified people for your job openings. And you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Big business, small business, somewhere in the middle. It does not matter. Businesses of all sizes use ZipRecruiter because ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply for your job. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there, people. ZipRecruiter's how you find them, so try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. One more time, everybody. Say it out loud in your car, wherever you are. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Important news. Okay. The untimed draft that we've referenced 432 times over the last week on this podcast. Oh, boy, yeah. We just received the projections for fantasy points per week. I never do well in these projections. Never. You are next to last. Yeah, I'm going to win this league. Chris is third from last. And you're third. I am third. Yeah, I'm going to win a, this league. A plus I was given for I, my I, I dominate this league. I am the editorial king. If those, not if not those, necessarily true, If those projections were the other way around, do you think Heath would have no. stopped the of podcast not. to mention it would, that? It would not have been breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, guys, let's get Fair. bold. Let's get bold. Give some predictions here. The uh, The story is up on the website. I'm always very flattered that Chris allows me to be part of this. Um, Heath, why don't you start? Give me, uh, give me your three I, bold predictions. I do, when we get to Adams, I just want to point out, he did not take the bold part of this game seriously enough kind of true i will tell you this you gave you sent the email i need your bold predictions and your picks i had to leave in like an hour and i just didn't have time to really get bold i'm so sorry you're right though they're not that bold all right uh heath you can start do you want me to just give my bold predictions from the article or you want different bold predictions what are you wanting here whatever you want okay i'll just run through real quick the three from the article and give you one more that i wanted to give but chris ruined so, Jose Quintana is going to win 20 games this year. There, there may be no unluckier pitcher in terms of wins than Jose Quintana. For his career, he's got an ERA of like 3.5, and he's a 500 pitcher. Last year, he finally goes to a good team, and he has terrible batted ball luck. So Everything uh, is going to turn up roses for Jose Quintana this year. I apologize, Heath, and everybody, but we have to be quicker with these so I can get the Jonah Carroll okay. interview in. Nobody on the Diamondbacks hits more than 25 home runs because humidor. Gasp. Ian Happ finishes as a top three second baseman in fantasy. Ooh, all right. No one on and the Diamondbacks then, hits more than 25 homers. That's the boldest one in my opinion. Uh, no, Ian Happ is. Ah, they're all pretty the, damn bold. Good for you. The <laughs> one that I wanted to give that Chris ruined was that Garrett Cole will be the best pitcher on the Astros and top three in Cy Young. But then Chris picked him to win the Cy Young in this same article, so I couldn't do that. <laughs> Uh, Scott, and I picked uh, Dallas Keiko to win the Cy Young, so it looks like we like the Astros. Scott, yep. bold predictions. Yeah, I'll add a bonus one, too. My first is on, from the humidor angle. The Diamondbacks have three of the top five Cy Young finishers. So I still have room there for <laughs> Kershaw and Scherzer, 
but uh, also Granky Godlane Ray. Um, David Dahl is a 2020 player, and I at Coors Field, I honestly think he would have 30-30 potential if he was beginning the season there, but obviously he's beginning in the minors. Uh, just probably my favorite stash, especially in a Roto League. Domingo Santana doesn't get even 400 at-bats, obviously a playing time crunch there. And I noticed he struck out in half of his at-bats this spring. That's obviously a big concern for him, how much he strikes out. My bonus one, and this is getting really bold, Mac Williamson, who isn't even presently on the roster, Mac Williamson leads the Giants in home runs this year. Mm, okay, that's fun. I'm really embarrassed by how non-bold my picks are, but uh, Chris, what are your bold predictions? Yours will probably be writer. Man, I yeah. hate Scott's <laughs> bold predictions. Like Why? they're not—they're very bold. They're—they're they're good. I'm not—I just—they really make me angry. Why? <laughs> Why? Mostly it's the Domingo Santana one. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then the Robbie Ray factor of the Cy Young thing, and then the David Dahl thing because that hurt Ryan McMahon. Like, I just hate it. You don't want those. You don't want those to happen. No, I hope they're. I hope those predictions go up in flames. Okay. (laughs) Chris Towers. All right, Tyler Glasnow is a top twenty starting pitcher from the moment he joins the rotation for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Joey Gallo hits more homers than Aaron Judge. I've actually considered putting a uh, a little prop bet on Joey Gallo leading the majors in home runs. He's plus twenty five hundred. And the Marlins won't have a single pitcher with 100 plus strikeouts. That's that is funny. I, I that has happened like twice that. in the last decade. So you're talking about a uh, what 0.7 percent of major league teams over the last 10 years? Yeah. All right, the Tyler Glass now top 20 from the moment he joins the rotation, and the Marlins not having a single pitcher with 100 Ks. Those are bold. Joey Gallo hits more than ho- more homers than Aaron Judge is an Azer bold prediction. It is not. All that bold. Okay. Okay, Adam. He just wanted another excuse to praise it, Joey Gallo. In that case, I'm glad we got him in the fifth round last night. Uh, well, he's a big home run. What did he, he hit over 40 home runs last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, Adam. He we, hit 11 fewer than Aaron Judge last year. I don't know. If it's you a know. good. It's a bold prediction, but it's an Azer bold prediction. It's we not we were prepared bold. to draft Joey Gallo ourselves last night. We were. And I haven't drafted him yet all draft season. So. Same Z's. All right, Azer's yeah. bold predictions. Adam Eaton is a top 15 outfielder in points leagues, top 20 in Roto. Let, let, so he's going go, to do that thing that he did before when he was healthy. Can you go back and make a top 10 in points? <laughs> can you edit uh, this? Uh, you already said it on the podcast. It's Adam. fine. Cody Allen, Cody Allen saves 40 games. That's a lot of saves. 40 games would be among the lead leaders. I don't think he's ever had more than 34. This is your boldest. The best, one of the best relievers in baseball is going to be amongst the saves leaders in baseball. It's never happened. Masahiro Tanaka <laughs> is the best Yankees pitcher, starting Again. pitcher. Again. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean we think it'll that's be Severino. That's a little bold, but, but. like. <laughs> They're so lame. I'm sorry. <laughs> try try a bold one right now. Just just get bold. Like, I only think Severino's, like, in terms of talent level, slightly better than Masahiro Tanaka. Say something oh, bold, no, Adam. I disagree with that. Um, say something bold. Say something bold. Okay. Uh, how about. It doesn't a- have it in him. How about a bust? Um, Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo is owned in less than fifty percent of leagues by the All Star break. Oh, that's that's bold. That's yeah. bold. All right, I, I'd like that for us going against Team Creep too. I'd like that for me because I have zero Joey Gallo. <laughs> yeah, zero uh, shares. Shares. 
let's I don't go. Know why you're cheering for an injury? Because that's the only way that happens. Let's go through the. Uh, let's go through the division winners. Or just say who you got. AL East. We'll go Scott, Chris, Heath. Yanks. Yankees. Not the Yankees. Red Sox or Heath? I went back and forth. I went with the Yankees. I'm sure you're shocked. AL Central. Scott, Chris, Heath. A- Indian. Indian, Indians, Indians for everyone. Cleveland. Yeah. Indians for everyone. Although, Scott, Heath, and I have the Royals finishing third. Most of our MLB experts on the media site, just the MLB writers, have the White Sox finishing third. I think mm-hmm. the Royals are going to be underrated. You know, it, it's weird with these predictions. Like, it's very obvious who the good teams are in baseball, and it's not so obvious who the okay teams are in baseball. Because there are none? Maybe. Yeah. I think, I think, like first and second for every division was very easy for me, but three, four, and five. I wouldn't be surprised if the team that wins the American League divisions across the board wins by eight plus games. And that's uh, well, including not, the Yankees. Not the AL over East. The yes. That would be surprising. The Yankees had like an almost 100 win run differential last season. They were incredible. They, I'm good. a little, I'm not quite as high. I, I think they had a best case scenario season last year. Right, and then they added John Carlos Stanton. Yeah, which which helps, but <laughs> I, I mean, it's it, they're like <laughs> they, they have yeah. Oh, like it helps. I, I like them, right? But I don't and think then they I don't think they're John Carlos Stanton. I don't think they're winning ninety five games, and oh, the Red Sox wow. have won ninety three. Win like hundred. The Red Sox have won ninety three. My World Series champion. Yeah, they might win the World Series, but the Red Sox have won ninety three games two straight years, and they added J D Martinez. So like, they're very good too. They're awesome. Yeah, they're good. Uh, we all like the Astros. We all yeah. like the Nationals. Yeah. Uh, we all like the Cubs, which is interesting. Yeah. Scott has the Brewers finishing third behind the Cardinals. All right, here's a bold prediction. I think the Cardinals could be awful this year. I mean, if if you don't like, like the thing is, like even if Fam busts, they got Ozuna, you know. Um, and I just think, like, I have so much confidence in Weaver and Flaherty. And then eventually they're getting Alex Reyes, who is thought to be the best prospect of all three. Nothing bad ever happens when you're relying on young pitchers. No, but the thing is, they don't need like they're just kind of excess. They're trying to find space for those guys in their rotation, like, and they don't need them, Chris, because they have Michael Walker. So well, they Michael Walker is one of the worst in baseball guys. They, they're tons good of rotation depth and tons of rotation upside. They just they feel like and the Seahawks to me. They're getting a little bit worse every year, and I, I look, I pick them third. I don't think they're bad. I just they they seem like a team that could be a bust. I could see every division winner winning by like nine games this year. You just said that, but you upped it to nine instead of eight. Well, it was eight in just the, a minute ago. Well, I said Chris that about the more AL, oh, and then okay. I'm looking at the NL. They like, didn't react to that enough. I'm going to add another game. <laughs> the Cubs might be nine or ten games better than either the second-place teams in the NL Central. You know what? I think every team might win the division by ten games. Nine, nine and a half. Uh, we all I have the Dodgers. I said the AL only <laughs> first, guys. Uh, all right, who's got uh, – who wants to give their World Series picks? Scott, you have the Yankees over – well, we, we picked the Dodgers to win the NL East, right? Yeah. Uh, win NL West. I have the Yankees over the Cubs. Yankees over the Cubs. Heath? Mm-hmm. I have the Cubs over the Astros. Chris? Nationals over Yankees in a crushing blow to Adam Azer. That would be, that would Will the Nationals tough. win the World Series you're not by getting Because you're not getting Bryce Harper either. Uh, what? About that? No, they're going to lose to Harper, and they're going to be like, we need to Bryce Harper's not Kevin up. Durant. All right. Come on. <laughs> uh, I got the Indians over the Cubs. And uh, I don't know why I picked that. Probably to be different. But, uh, okay. 
thank you all for listening. Yeah, you know what? Let's let's go a little long today and just read some emails, and then we'll play the interview. Yeah. This is yeah. This is from. Do you Kid. want to do award winners or anything? No, just email. Not really. You read it on the website. Uh, <laughs> all right, fine. Everybody, pick one award winner <laughs> that you want to talk about. I will say uh, Dallas Keiko Cy Young. I will say um, Justin Verlander Cy Young. Oh my gosh, we have three. Cy Young picks from the Astros. That's very Garrett funny. Cole Cy Young. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, I will say Willie Calhoun, AL Rookie of the Year, only to highlight that if you go look for Rookie of the Year candidates, there might be nine rookies in the National League that are better than any rookies in the American League. I pick Labor Torres. Bonus. Bonus pick. Shohei Otani. Yeah, Shohei oh, Ota- extra bonus Ota- pick. We're giving two, Adam. You've I'm lost not, control of the podcast. <laughs> I'm not scared of spring. Uh, here's an, an email from Kid. Dear Clarence, Max, and Patty. Members of the East Street Band. Oh, okay. Uh, Denelson Lamette, should he be stashed or dropped? Yeah, stash him. You stash got a DL him. spot. He's talking about being back in April. So, yeah, got a DL spot, stash him. Okay. Wyatt, dear Minter, Hinch, Pierzynski, and Reed. AJs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> How many leagues do you play in? How do you designate time, energy, and enthusiasm for each of your teams? Nine and I don't. <laughs> it's really it's, hard. Like people it's get true. on to me for quitting. Chris doesn't playing. try very hard. You're right. People get on to me for quitting playing um, fantasy baseball in July, and Chris quits like as soon as he stops drafting. That's I, not true. I draft twelve. I, I'm in twelve to fifteen leagues, I think, and like just to make it manageable, I I condense my um my ad drops to like a, a three hour period on Sunday afternoon so that I'm not. And you just you set a hierarchy so that I'm focused and uh, not just forgetting about one league. You know, if something crazy happens, like a big prospect gets called up, obviously I'll go through each of my leagues and try to pick them up then. But for the most part, just weekly, week to week maintenance, I'm I'm reserving it for one day and doing it all at once. I literally don't have any idea how many team leagues I'm in this year. <laughs> I have none. So I try to go do waiver pickups on Saturday afternoon, just because I know that Scott's going to do it on Sunday. And I want to get it, crack at the players. I may do it on Saturday this year. Yeah, I'm gonna do Sometimes it. I do. If I, start, if I start seeing that, I'll do it on Fridays. Yeah, get some uh, work done. Yes. Um, and, like, honestly, I'll admit it. If we get to June, I've got too many teams and three of them suck. I'm not going to put as much energy into those three teams. I'm only in six leagues, so I can dedicate myself to each league. And I am one to... Watch a lot of baseball at night and see someone I like and pick him up because that is just how I play and I am wrong a lot. But you know what? Like a couple years ago, Aaron Sanchez, I saw him pitch his first game and I was like, damn, this guy's good. He had a great year. So I actually buy into it. I'm very active on the waiver wire. I have plenty of enthusiasm. I love it. Uh, this is from Adam. Grade the trade. Judge, Godly, Elvis Andrews. Giving up. Judge, Godly, and Andrews. Getting JD Martinez. Quintana and Story. Ooh, no. I no. It's not that far off. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a C minus. It's, prob- it's probably the Andrus Story. Yeah, it's a D plus or... because of that. Yeah, yeah. You would rather have Martinez than Judge, right? I would rather have Martinez than Judge, and I would rather have Quintana than Godley. Believe it or not. So I, yeah, I, w- I would much rather have Quintana than Godley. But those Godley. are slight improvements, and I feel like Story Andrus to Story is a big downgrade. Seven yeah. by six league with OPS. I. If one of those seven is, is OBP, I would rather have Judge than J.D. Martinez. True. Fair. Uh, David S., Kyle Schwarber or Domingo Santana for week one, 11-day scoring period? Schwarbs. Oh. 
Domingo Santana's not in the best shape of his life. Start Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest question about Schwarber is will he play against lefties? And I know um, the first four days they're facing three righties, and, and obviously Santana has playing time questions too. So I think, I think I'd go Schwarber. Thank you, guys. I think I'd go Santana. Let's get ready for opening day. That was very helpful at the last moment there. Um, <laughs> let's get ready for opening day. Let's get Jonah Carey on the line. And, Jonah uh, I'm trying to play is the... on the phone. Jonah, Jonah. I had to go falsetto, falsetto there. All right, that's uh, enough singing. Everybody, we'll uh, talk to you Friday with reactions from opening day. Bye. All right, here's our CBS Sports senior writer, Jonah Carey. You can definitely listen to the Jonah Carey podcast. You will love it, baseball fans. David Ortiz last week, pretty awesome, Jonah. How was that? I actually listened to it. It was outstanding. Um, but uh, it must have been yeah. fun for you. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, you know, it was a limited amount of time. They had obviously one of those cattle calls, but it was interesting. He's an interesting guy. He talked about uh, very candid. You know, I asked him about 2004, and he said, what was it like going down 3-0? How did you keep the faith? He's like, no, I thought we were finished, you know, which is not yeah, something yeah. you typically hear from an athlete. Uh, I asked him about, wow, the rich history of baseball in Dominican. He said, nah, I kind of wanted to be a basketball player more. So I appreciated that about Ortiz that, uh, you know, he didn't give the same pat answers that you could fall back on. Well, let's talk fantasy. How many leagues you got this year? I'm only in one league. I don't do not only one league. I only do one league in any sport, which is the League of Leagues, which is baseball, basketball, and football all in one. So, like, Anthony Davis gets drafted, and the next pick is, like, Mike Trout, and the next pick is, like, Le'Veon Bell, and you could trade Bryce Harper for Tom Brady and – uh Every other league just starts to look, yeah, kind of whatever after that. When you could trade between leagues, when you could trade fab money between leagues, when you could trade, I don't know, Alex Reyes as a key baseball keeper in exchange for picking up Jordan Howard late in the league to make a, late in the year to make a football push, uh, you know, your uh, 12 team mixed baseball starts to look a little, yeah. not, not as insane. <laughs> so what, when is the, like, what's the calendar? What does it start with the season? The year. So we just we drafted a week and a half ago, and uh, right before baseball. So we do baseball. It's always one one calendar year: baseball, basketball, baseball, football, and then we get to basketball, and we can't award the ultimate winner because basketball ends April 11th. But we have a pretty good idea, so I'll end up handing out the winnings slightly after uh, we actually draft for the following season. But that's roughly it. It's essentially March to uh, April of every year. That's uh, very cool. And what you know in fantasy baseball. You play Roto or, or points? Yeah, no, it's Roto. Roto. Uh, the only difference is in a 5x5, five five, it's OBP instead of average. So what is your pitching strategy in these Roto leagues? As I recall, I feel like we did a mock with you last year, and you went kind of yeah. RP heavy. Is that what you do? Uh, it varies. I mean, you're seeing it more and more where you can draft Chad Green types, and they can really help your ratios. It's I used to chase two start weeks and all that stuff, and I just I got sick of being torched. I got sick of guys with four, seven, five ERAs and all that. So, yeah, I think there's something to RPs. It's getting to the point now where wins are being re, can be redistributed because starters are getting pulled early. So, I, I think there's something there. And of course, you know, when you get an RP with skills, there's always a potential for you know job inheritance. You know, now we're we're looking at an Archie Bradley type and saying, well, maybe he might close. But a year ago, you would have said, well, he's just good. I'm just going to draft him and maybe he'll pick up a few saves and. Look at a Drew Steckenrider or a Michael Givens or I, I rostered Keone Kila. These are guys that it's not clear what their role is going to be, but they might strike out close to 100 guys with low ratios. And if they happen to get some wins and saves, then that's great. Yeah. What do you think about this baseball trend of, 
I don't know, six man rotation, four man rotation, but but whatever it is, it seems like an increased uh, onus on the bullpens. Is that here to stay, or is it just our next little fad? No, it makes a lot of sense because managers are recognizing the third time through the order penalty that you know unless you're Scherzer and you're pitching a no hitter or whatever. You're going to get to roughly coincides to about the sixth inning. You're going to get to the third time through the order. And even if you're pitching well, it's just not going to go as well because hitters will time you up a little better. Maybe you're tired, whatever it is, it's just going to change. And so from that standpoint, you don't necessarily mess with your starter that way. And you, know, you live to fight another day. So the, the move is to Super Bowl pens. And the good news about that is that it's much easier to find a guy who can be effective for 15 or 20 pitches than it is for a hundred anyway. So it's going to lead to. Uh, more efficient roster building. You know, you can go find arms in the minors who can throw hard, maybe have one secondary pitch much easier than you can finding effective starting pitchers. So the net result here is get the best starters that you can and then just use the guy, throw some spaghetti against the wall when it comes to your other guys and they'll end up being the core of your bullpen. What do you think about the home runs this year? More or less the same? Uh, well, a humidor in Arizona could affect things to some extent, so I guess that could be a small drop. I mean, that's one of 30 home parks, but, you know, there's an expectation that that's going to go down a little bit. It's also game – baseball's a game of adjustments, right? So even if the balls are juiced, which unless something has changed, they are because they were last year, pitchers might pitch differently. You know, maybe they realize that there's that uppercut swing, and so they pitch high in the zone. And, in fact, you see that, right? Like guys like Marco Estrada, they'll throw, you know, high change-ups and try to do things like that, and – Try to figure out a way to mess up your timing, you know, so that you can't necessarily lift the ball in that way. So I have a feeling pitchers could get really smarter. So, yeah, I got to my head. I could see it going down a percentage point or two, something like that. I'm surprised that they didn't – I guess we don't know for sure, but I thought they changed the ball without coming out and saying it. And I, for all the listeners of this podcast, yes, I just had this discussion with Chris a few days ago. I thought that by at this point in spring training, the players would be talking about it and that we just kind of know anecdotally – that the ball is different because I thought that Rob Manfred and the, and the league would want more balls in play, more action, fewer walks, strikeouts, and homers. And I, I don't think that that has happened. So, well, at least changing the ball, we haven't seen any evidence of it. You know, what, what do you think about what baseball is becoming and what the commissioner's office would want it to be? Well, you know, I think the commissioner's office was looking at 2014, for instance, as a year where there were a lot of strikeouts and no home runs. It's not like it's a, uh, uh, one or the other business, they thought that, well, there was nothing good offensively happening. And, and sure, doubles and triples and stolen bases and home runs in a balanced game would make a lot of sense. But I think they're taking it by baby steps and they're saying, okay, well, at least if there's going to be high strikeouts, then we can get the power hitting, which people do seem to enjoy. Now, it could be that you see them ease off on the ball. I mean, Ben Lindbergh and Rob Arthur and other people have studied this. It's, it's, it's clear, Alan Nathan. It's clear that the ball is juice. So yeah, we could see that regulate a little bit. But I think a lot of that is going to come from strategies and from team building and from figuring that all out on the organizational level. That, uh, more than messing with the ball might be what plays where you're going to see maybe more athletes come up as opposed to just kind of big dudes who hit home runs. It might just be a matter of changing the way you develop talent, changing the kind of talent you look for. Jonah, who are some guys that you're looking for uh, for breakout years from? Well, on the pitching front, I think I have a lot of the same suspects that some other people do, which is guys like Luke Weaver I really love, Luis Castillo, Zach Godley, who I liked last year, and gets the benefit of the humidor. All of those guys, again, it's peripherals. It's not that complicated. If you have strikeouts and you have low walks and maybe your ERA doesn't reflect it, then you know you're going. the good things are going to happen. Now, the issue is that your league mates are probably pretty savvy because they're probably reading – 
guys like you. And so they, <laughs> they recognize those same things. So maybe you have to cut a little deeper and you have to look for other things. So it could be a ground ball rate. It could be a guy coming off of an injury. You know, I, like I drafted Jimmy Nelson because, oh, well, people forgot about him. Maybe he'll have a good second half when he comes back in July. You have to be smarter and more creative than the next guy. So I think all that's there. On the hitting side, I mean, man, there's a lot, a lot of them that I can think of. I, I'll tell you something. You know, Matt Olson gets a lot of hype in Oakland, but go look at Matt Chapman at third base. He had 37 home runs in A-ball just a few years ago, and he's got, you know, as far as profile goes, about as much power as Olsen does, but because he had a good glove and lower on base and, more importantly, didn't hit 23 home runs in, like, 49 games, people forget about him, but that could be a 30-home run guy. And if you're talking speed, and again, maybe a popular pick, but I'd even go higher then what the Tots are saying is the line of the Shields. I think he could steal 45 bases with a 100-run score and a 370 on base percentage, which is – that's phenomenal. That's yes. all-star level. I, I really, really, really love him. And, in fact, I have three members of the Rangers lineup this year. I have the perennially underrated Chin Su Chu, which in an OPP league is even better. Uh, I have the Shields. And people really weren't buying Elvis Andrews. They're like, okay, the guy steals 23 bases a year, but the power wasn't for real. How do we know that the power wasn't for real? Maybe it's the case that he just tapped into what everybody else did. It's spring training, but his OPS was about 30 million. Maybe he does go 2020. You know, I, I think we could see that happen. And you just play whatever your league says. And if the league says we're treating this guy as if he's just the same stolen base guy, cool, sign me up. Mm -hmm. Then the, you know, downside is right about where I drafted him and the upside is where he was last year, and I get him at a discount. I like him a lot as well. Yeah, uh, Scott White definitely agrees with you on that one. And all right, I'm going to let you go. I just want to know two things. Number one, if you are the commissioner, what do you do to increase pace of play? And number two, of course, who is going to win the World Series? Let's deal with pace of play. What does a commissioner carry do to uh, to address this? Yeah, I mean, pitch clock, it certainly makes some sense if that's you're really concerned about that. Guys have to be in the box, too. It's a hitter thing and a pitcher thing. Uh, you know, commercial breaks, people do talk about that. There are ways around it, right? I don't object to having sponsored patches on the uniforms or more in the stadiums or whatever. If you want to have the money there, but you don't want to have the same old boring Cheetos ad or whatever, then make the, you know, between innings and a minute 15 instead of two minutes or whatever and find other ways to maximize your revenue. Get internet advertising, do whatever. I'm not saying give up money. I'm saying just work around it and try to find something better. But those kinds of things can certainly come into play. And, you know, it's not like it's a throwing to first every time kind of thing. Almost nobody steals bases. I really think it's just a holding the ball and kind of a downtime thing. And I don't even think, again, pace of play being operative here. I don't think that Manfred is necessarily saying we need to chop 20 minutes off of every game. He's saying just get on with it already. You right, know, it's a 6 right. nothing lead. It's in the third inning. Throw your damn pitch. World Series? I have the Nationals over the Yankees. Oh, all right. All right. That'll be good for ratings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, the Nationals. Man, I feel so bad for Dusty Baker. Just. Yeah. Right? Like, he's such a great, like, who wouldn't want this guy to manage their team? But, but maybe they'll, maybe they just needed a new voice. I don't know. It's a, it's a nice pick. Uh, a lot of talent there. Jonah, thank you very much. Thank you so much for coming on. Great stuff. And, um, tell us how we can listen to the Jonah Carey podcast. Yeah, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud and uh, just dial up CBSSports.com and you can get it there as well. And, uh, yeah, David Ortiz last week and tomorrow we got 15-year uh, MLB veteran Larry Parrish. I love talking to the old ball players. I'm uh, here in Montreal and I just uh, did podcasts with three straight former Expos because I'm a homer. And uh, so you'll get Parrish, Ellis Valentine is coming up, and uh, former All-Star pitcher Kenny Hill, and they all have – you know, you want to know about baseball in the 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, not just what's going on today. Uh, they have some great old stories.
Uh, does your homerism translate to the Washington Nationals, or did it die in Montreal? Well, I mean, if you think about it, let's say you're a New York Yankees fan, and the New York Yankees moved to Oslo, Norway. Are you an Oslo Yankees fan? Of course you're not. It's, <laughs> it's about where you come from. So, no, I have no, there's no ill will toward the Nationals, but I don't have a favorite team. I'm very much a, a neutral arbiter of baseball, which I guess suits me well when I'm writing about it. Uh, not so much when I want to get excited about a particular team. I root for players more than teams, I guess, at this point. Yeah, well, we certainly do that in fantasy. That's yeah. Jonah Carey. I am Adam Azer. I want to thank Scott and Chris and Heath and everybody for listening. We'll come back tomorrow with another edition of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast.